did you know that women are 90% more likely to set back and wait for an invitation or wait to be given permission to take a risk on what's inside of their get inside of their heart with their giftings and their callings and dreams that they have inside of them. Men are more inclined to take the leap, take the jump, be at the front cutting edge. You know, if they're not qualified for the job, they'll still apply for it. If they're only 50% qualified, they're like, I'll learn the rest. Whereas we women, we don't apply for a job unless we're 90% qualified. And so, however, we will tend to take risk and take the leap on behalf of other people. I think that's part of our nurturing tendencies. But what this can do to a lot of women, and maybe this is where you are, is you have lived somewhat frustrated because maybe invitations have not been presented, permission has not been given, doors have not been opened for you to do something with your gifts and the calling that's in your heart, and it has left you feeling overlooked and frustrated. Well, today's message is for you. Today's episode and guest has talked about how she decided, I'm not going to wait for permission. I'm not going to wait for somebody to make room for me. I'm simply going to walk. I'm going to take action on what God has put in my heart, and this is how I'm going to do it. And so she shares her story, how she nurtured and cultivated the gifts and callings inside of her to be a woman preacher, and she trains women in their leadership gifts, their ministry gifts, all while working for a denomination (laughs) that does not endorse women preachers. It's kind of amazing. So you're going to like today's episode. Her enthusiasm and her passion and her humility is literally contagious. It's such a beautiful thing. So share this with another woman that you know who's fierce and you believe in her gifts and you'd love to see her take some leaps. Send it to that friend. In fact, send it to three of them. (laughs) Okay, let's jump into today's episode. Hi, you're listening to Java with Jen with your host, Jenna Lee Samuel. On this show, I bring the simplicity of hearing God's voice into everyday life in a no-nonsense, authentic, and super practical way. With coffee in hand and real life in our faces, let's do this. Okay, now before I jump into today's interview, I wanted to share with you just a few house cleaning updates and announcements you're going to want to be aware of. First of all, if you don't know, I am a podcast coach, especially given today's episode. This is part of the context of why I love coaching new podcasters. Secondly, if you can't tell by the background, my sweet boy is homesick today and he's coughing. So if you hear a little bit of that in here, please don't mind. Um, But I am a podcast coach and I have a new class opening in January. And essentially what I do is I teach podcasters or new aspiring podcasters how to start their show and I give them the tools to grow it and monetize it in 10 weeks. It is an incredible program. The shows that come out of there are doing incredibly. One of my recent alumni, he works 70 to 90 hours hours a week. But he is diligent about posting his episodes once a month, which I tell him, do the pace you can manage. He does once a month and he just got an invitation to be on one of his, um, the podcast that he idolizes. It's his favorite podcast. He just got an invitation to be a guest on that show and he's going to have them on his and he just took on a co-host. And so he's blowing and going, doing amazing and he works 70 to 90 hours a week. So this program is for anybody, no matter how busy you are, I show you how to build it into your life. Even if you're a mom with kids and you work, I have people who've come through my course just like that. So if you're interested, head over to javawithjenpodcast.org and that will help you schedule a call with me if you'd like to ask some questions and find out more about it. I do offer other 
types of coaching, one-on-one coaching to help you with some business goals and whatever. So if you're interested in any of that, just jump on a call and we can talk about what will fit your needs the best. But my next cohort, my next class starts mid-January and the class is already filling up. I will have to cap it at a certain point. So if you're interested, ask your family to get to a podcast for Christmas. Say, hey, I want to do 2024 differently would you help me do this for Christmas? So get on a call, javawithgenpodcast.org, and we can make that happen. Secondly, season five is going to launch with the new year. Yes, my seasons normally turn over in the fall, but I was so busy this year launching my um, internship or my mastermind course, training my podcasters, that I just didn't have the time to do all the rebranding and all that stuff I needed to do. So I'm working on that now. Season five launches in January, and I would love it if you would like to be on my launch team. If you're interested in being on my launch team, would you just leave a comment? If you're listening in Spotify, you can leave a comment within the app. You can leave me a message or a voice memo. Otherwise, you can come to Instagram at Java with Jen, and you can send me a DM and let me know that you'd like to be on my launch team. It's super simple. All it means is you share my podcast on your social medias, and if you see me make a post, you just reshare what I share. That's it. You really kind of help push it out on purpose during launch week. So I keep it simple on purpose. So if you'd like to be part of that team, I would love to have your help. Just let me. Something else I wanted to point out is that for those of you who've rated and reviewed my show, I want to tell you thank you so much. This makes such an impact that you don't even realize. In fact, when you guys share my shows, it actually boosts the popularity ranking of my show. And so I end up with a higher ranking than some shows that have technically a bigger audience, but because my episodes are being shared so frequently, it tells the algorithms, hey, this is a popular show. And so it actually gives me a better ranking. So me being in the top 1% globally is due to you guys sharing, rating and reviewing and telling the world we love this podcast. And so I just want to give a major shout out to Krista Joy, who left me a review that says, I look forward to hearing Jenna Lee each week. She provides amazing practical ways to hear God and ways to learn to be closer to him each day. I love all the hope and encouragement that she provides. And then Heidi said, I remember a testimony that Jenna Lee shared from years ago, and I found it on her podcast. I've been listening to several of her episodes and each time have been so encouraged. I recommend this podcast to anyone who wants to grow in hearing God's voice and growing in their true identity. So you guys, thank you so much for leaving those reviews. It literally takes 30 seconds, but it does wonders and it really touches my heart. Sometimes when I'm having a rough week and I'm feeling a little discouraged, I go in there and I read those reviews and it picks me right up and I'm just so touched. So thank you for doing that. I think pretty much you can leave reviews on Apple. I don't think Spotify does that, but you can leave comments on the shows, the show episodes itself on Spotify. So thanks so much for doing that, you guys. It means the world. Let's finally jump into today's show. Hey, you guys, thanks so much for joining me for another episode at Java with Jen. I have a special guest with me, Hannah Conway, who when I was introduced to her through actually another guest I had had on my show, she introduced the two of us and Hannah and I got on a phone call and we felt like besties from the beginning and we just really connected over some of the stuff that she is passionate about. But one of the things that got me excited is the role that she's playing in teaching women how to do ministry and how to develop their leadership skills and how to teach the word in a denomination that is not believe in women preachers. (laughs) 
So to me, the irony was just beautiful. And so Hannah, thank you for coming on the show. I'm excited for our conversation. Today. Oh, me too, Jen. Thank you so much. This is, I am so excited about it. Absolutely. So now I know you just launched a book yeah. and we're going to dive into that a little bit at the end, but why don't you give us a little teaser? Tell us who you are, where you live, about your family and a little bit about your book. Yeah, yeah. So my name is Hannah Conway, and I am I'm an author. My latest book, in case you forget, just released. I think that's my seventh book, which is crazy. Um, I am a women's ministry director and communications director, uh, full time at our staff at, at our church staff in Clarksville, Tennessee, not far from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm a Kentucky native, so I do have to make that distinction. And okay. I know I'm an army wife. Um, three kiddos. My oldest daughter is in college wanting to be a teacher and my middle son is in basic training right now in the Navy. I know and my little girl is in eighth grade. And so we are, uh, Steven and I have been married for 20 years. So we're now we, you know, went from this five people in our house to three and we're just trying to figure it out. So that's, that's me. Um, it's never dull around my house at all. Uh (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'm excited to find out more about your books, but my my brain is freaking out because we live parallel lives here real quick. I'm married <laughs> to a Steven as well. No. Um, I was born in Kentucky and uh, my sister and my sister works for the Navy. Her husband is a Naval chief. And so we have some parallel life happening going on. Oh my gosh. And we are probably cousins. No joke. Probably so (laughs) Kentucky. I know it's true. Probably. Um, Okay. So another parallel in our lives is Hannah and I both discovered that we've always kind of held a little bit of a distaste for women's events at church oh, yes. because now no judgment and no shade on people who love putting women's events together. But yeah. when I was growing up, there was this like lion inside of me that was like, where are the women who are ready to pull out a sword? Like, yes, yes we have fingernails. We will paint them. I understand that. But who's going to teach me how to lead and preach yes. and fight, you know? And yeah. so Hannah does that, which is so cool. But um, so apparently you felt the same way, huh? I did. I did. And it's so funny when um, yeah, I felt the call to ministry since I was literally like 13, like in middle school and just trying to figure it out. Like I'm, I'm in a very conservative denomination. And so I was like, uh, I don't even know what this is. Like, do uh-huh. I become a pastor's wife or a missionary? I don't know. And then uh, later when, when I felt God tugging me to communications and then uh-huh. women's ministry, I was like, Lord, women's ministry. I don't do tea parties. I don't do fluffy stuff. Like yeah. my women are going to get in the word. And so it, it's funny. I've had to kind of <laughs> that lion in me. I, it's there and it comes uh-huh. out. I have to remember, okay, these girls like, okay, I need to let them, we need to fluff. It's it's a nice little mix, but I just want to roar. (laughs) I know, right? Like, come on, Lisa Bevere is my jam. She, she roars and I love her. Okay. So um, speaking of authors and books, you are a well-established author. You have seven books. Uh, Side note, my sister is an editor. So there's that if you ever need one. Okay. Um, Yeah. The one that works for the Navy. Okay. Anyways, Sarah, you're welcome. I just plugged you. Uh, Okay. So your books, a, I love that your heart is like, Hey, let's roar. Mm -hmm. Um, and your, your book in case you forget, which is your seventh, when you started writing, what role did the Holy spirit play in the journey of putting this message together? And especially I have a feeling it ties to your passionate heart for helping women roar. 
It does. It does. You know, I've literally been writing since I can remember, even before I could write, I was drawing picture books, right? <laughs> so always creating stories, um, have been a storyteller and I've just written. And so, um, from a, from my childhood, it's been a part of who I am. It's who, how God made me, mm. but the story that I wrote with, in case you forget, were lessons about my identity in Christ that, that Jesus began to teach me from a little girl, um, mm -hmm. at a young age, my dad had made some choices that landed him in, in prison for several mm -hmm. years. And so at eight, I knew that I was a sinner. I knew I needed Jesus. Um, I also felt very with, with dad being gone, I was confused. I was mm. hurt. I felt ashamed. Like, uh, it was embarrassing that my daddy was in, and, you know, in jail. Um, and so I just remember going to God to, to be my comfort, knowing I needed him. And so, yeah. um, through those years of asking God, who, who do you say that I am? What do you say about me? Mm. I began to learn these truths and carried those truths with me and then learned more truths as I became a young wife and an army wife and a mother and all these other things. God just showed me who he says that I am. And, mm. and I learned who he was right. And because yeah. of who he is, I can trust what he says about me. Mm. And so all of these truths, they were just little stories. They I mean truths, but they're connected with stories from my life or, you know, little things that I've written. Um, and it's, it became for other people too. Mm. When my agent came to me and was like, Hey, do you have anything that is a uh, nonfiction? I was like, what are you talking about? Like I'm <laughs> a fiction author. What do you mean? And, um, She's like, let's be honest, Hannah. And so I'd kind of showed her some of the work that I've been doing about identity in Christ and how God had taught me these things, whether that's through the Holy Spirit's prompting or however you want to say that in his word. Um, she was like, yeah, let's, let's do something with this. Mm -hmm. And that's, it's been a long, long process over a 30 years process that now I'm able to give to girls and say, this is who you are. Mm -hmm because God says it and you yeah. can trust it. That's yeah. so good. Okay. So what was the point when you realized I should probably be finding out what God says about me? Because I think oh. a lot of people get lost in mm -hmm. that lostness. I yeah. mean, we see that all over the culture, like right. knowing your identity is huge right now because the world is just telling them, Oh, well, if you feel like a boy, you're right. a boy, you know? And right. I'm like, Whoa, Whoa, Whoa. So where did you, where did you cross the bridge from? I'm struggling to I can find yeah. this out from God. I really, I mean, if I had to pick an age, it would be my teen years. It would be that those middle school years. Um, I remember still feeling, I mean, my dad had come home from prison right at the end of my fifth grade year, going into middle school, sixth grade. And there was just issues in our relationship. I didn't really trust him anymore. Right. Like I didn't know him anymore. Um, and I felt this call to ministry, but in the denomination that I was in, uh, it was very much like, well, you're a female, you can't. And mm -hmm. so I just remember feeling a lot of guilt and shame over my gender, over, over my dad mm -hmm. making the choices that he had made. And so I, maybe I'm just stubborn enough, or I don't know, but it was like, <laughs> I'm going to go right to the source. Mm -hmm. I'm going to open up God's word and I'm going to ask him a question. I'm going to mm -hmm. ask him, what do you say about me? Mm -hmm. And reading through the Bible as a seventh and eighth grader highlighting whenever I saw something mm -hmm. like you were the light of the world. Oh, I'm a light. What does that mean? 
Oh, I'm salt. What does that mean? Right. Um, Oh, I am forgiven. Oh, I'm pursued. I'm chosen. I'm uh, redeemed. Like I'm cherished and treasured. And anytime I would come across these words, it was like God was building this list for me. And, um, and even in Genesis, like from the very beginning, when he's like, in the beginning, God created everything. I was like, oh, okay. So you created me. And then it's like, oh, you created me in your image. Well, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. I'm re- to reflect who you are in this world. Well, who are you? Right. Exodus wow. 34, six, God defines himself as mm-hmm. compassionate and mm-hmm. kind and slow to anger and full of mercy and faithfulness um, and unfailing love. Like he defines mm-hmm. himself and that's who I'm supposed to reflect the fruits of the spirit, which are like the definition of who God says he is, right? I'm to reflect that. And there's, there's so much honor there. Um, And so if I spent my time concerned, I mean, you look in the mirror as as a teen girl, as a, as even my age now, I'm 40 and you look in the mirror and you're like, Oh, just, I could look like this, or I'm not that I'm not enough. Well, the truth Mm. is you are, because he says you are like that's it like that's it I I'm not I'm not going to look for my to myself or to what other people are saying about me to define me Mm because I'm not only my gender I'm not only a wife or a mom when all of that goes away right like I am who God says that I am I am his Mm. I'm his and so truthfully, that moment was middle school, some things in my life that had caused me to question and threw me into God's word. Mm, yeah. That's so good. That's so good. And I could, I could almost hear people saying like, well, just because God says is what you are, what does that make you? And I'm like, essentially, if we think about it, we're always making a choice between whose voice to believe, because either yes. it's what God says we are, or it's what culture says we are, or it's what we say we are, or our feelings say we are, there's always a voice or multiple voices that are trying to dictate what you are. And you just have to make the best choice. And God is the creator of the universe and put you together. Go with him. (laughs) Go with him. Go with the guy who created the entire universe and who rose from the dead. Go with that guy. Go with that guy. guy. (laughs) And you know, the messages that we hear, you're right. The voices that we hear from ourselves or media or friends, they will change. Like, and they're often conflicting. It's very confusing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm not going, I'm going to say what is true and I'm going to go to him. I'm going to go to his word. And so understanding that my feelings are not facts, my feelings change, but the word of God does not. And because of who he is, Mm. I can trust what he says about me and who I am. Yeah. And I love that by you going to the word of God, essentially that was you hearing the voice of the Holy spirit and going yes. to the voice of God, because yes. the word of God is the voice of God. <laughs> Absolutely. That's right. That's, that's, you know, my pastor. And I think I told you this before he, he says sometimes, um, he's like, if you want to hear God speak, read his word out loud. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's like a very, like, you know, simple version of hearing his voice, but yes, true. Yeah. Like go, go to his word, like start, start there and, yeah. and ask, yeah. ask the question, right? Yeah. Who it's, so that I am? Mm-hmm. it's so and true. It's so true. My question has changed now as I've matured, um, because, it, you know, I think just developmentally at that age that I was and all kids are, everything's about you, 
you're so focused on you. And um, when I went asking, who am I? Not that that was a wrong question. It's just that I found him. Uh I found him. And so the question that I go to scripture now is whatever I have, it's like, God, who are you? And I go to God's word to get him. And somehow he illuminates the situation, right? So I, he gave me him and that allowed me to to discover who I am in him. Yes. So you had shared with me when we were talking that as a woman, you were like, I'm not going to, okay, so sorry, back up, little context for you guys. She said it in the beginning, but in case you didn't catch it, she mentioned that she wrestled and had some shame around, you You had some shame around your gender because you were told because you're a woman, you'll, you won't ever be able to preach, right? Or right, right. minister or, and stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or serve, be in ministry, essentially. Okay. And so that caused you to wrestle with some shame around your gender, <clears throat> but at some point you decided- I'm not waiting around for permission for somebody to tell me I can do this. I'm just going to do it one way or the other. Now, what I have found is that we as women, and I've even heard people address this from the business side where they're like, women tend to be more inclined to sit back and wait for permission or an invitation rather than taking action. Men are more likely to be action takers. And I think that's because of the, the hunter, the provider in them, they have to, they're a little more aggressive in nature. Whereas women are nurturers, caretakers. We're more aware of how we affect people around us. And so we're more inclined to sit back and wait for an invitation. And so I love that you didn't fall to that trap. I did for years and years and years. And it was very, very painful. And Mm -hmm. long story short, we ended up with podcast Java with Jen when I decided (laughs) not waiting for an invitation anymore. So just doing it. it. So what was your pivot point or what brought you to that point? How did that take shape? So again, I'm going back and truly by high school, by Mm -hmm. high school, it was like, okay, so if I can't be a woman in ministry, like this is my head, like not that I'm saying that this is true. This is where I was in high school. Mm -hmm. Then where can I serve? Because if I don't, I'm going to explode. Like it was like, God was coming out of me. I don't know how, (laughs) like I was burning. Like I had to speak about him. I had to write about him. And so I was like, okay, if it's not in church, where is it? Mm. And so it came out in forms of um, serving FCA, the fellowship of Christian athletes. I was the president of that. It was creating a little Bible study group and we would do random acts of kindness in the school. Um, It was leading studies wherever I, I was able to. Eventually I went to a non-denominational church for a while that um, welcomed me into teaching small groups. And so Mm. uh, I did did that for you know, several number of years, but that's, that's what it was. It was like, okay, if I can't serve there, then where, and just found those ways. And later, like moving, becoming a military wife, it was all right. Everywhere I go is a mission field. So mm-hmm. show me where you're at God. And I want to be there. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes it looked like babysitting while army wives went to the grocery store and they just needed a minute to breathe because their husbands were deployed for the fourth time. Right. Mm. And so that was a ministry. It was, um, looking at all of those ways and looking and really grasping that my life was on mission, that every member is a minister, that every believer is a priest and just living out that, that belief everywhere I went. And so that truly was was what I did. Wherever I went, I served, I learned, I studied. Um, I just lived my life on mission and thought 
that this, this was it. This was my calling. And there's nothing wrong with it. Like our life is on mission. Um, but then God slowly was like, there's more, there's more. And I'm like, what, (laughs) what do you mean? There's more. (laughs) And it, it was, it was cool to see how all of that kind of unveiled as well. Wow. That's really cool. I love that. So moving forward into now, you've decided to take your passion for finding an outlet for yourself to now you teach women, mind you, in a very um, traditional slash not women welcoming as far as preaching goes. Right. Denomination, which we're not going to name it because we don't want to throw shade on anybody. but, um, But just a denomination that hasn't had that revelation yet of the role women can play in the church um, in fullness. And so you help teach women in that denomination how to be ministers, how to preach the word, how to use their leadership skills. So tell me about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I started, I I started reading Matthew five through seven over and over and over. It's the servant on the Mount. Mm. And, um, so anytime, um, a female, uh, anyone in our church is a new believer and I have the opportunity to be with them and, and pour into them. That's what I go to. I'm like, let's read Matthew five through seven together because this this is the kingdom manifesto. This is what kingdom life is like. And we want to hear it straight from Jesus's mouth. And so we want to read what he says and then do it yeah. <laughs> so yeah. over and over and over. We would, we would read that. And I was just like, this is for me. This is for me. This is for me. And I need to be teaching other people how to do this and to live it out in every area of their life. And so that meant even some of the women in our churches leading ministries mm. that they needed to know this too. And then I was like looking at the great commission and it was like, go therefore <laughs> to the, all the nations, right? Like baptizing them in the name of the father, the son, and the Holy spirit, and yeah. you know, teaching them like make disciples and then teaching them all that I have commanded. And I was like, this is for women too. Yep. This is for women too. So, okay. We're going to, from the inception of the church, women have been preaching, teaching, guiding, shepherding. They just have, and Jesus commanded it. And so whatever title you give us, we can argue that later. We're going to do it. We're going to do it (laughs) in the context that we can, whether that looks like in our homes and offices and whatever. So I was like, wait a second. I need to help train these women. I have had access to leadership training and um, I've had access to know how to study God's word. And if I believe that every member is a minister, then these ladies also need to know how to study God's word. They need to know how to teach God's word because Mm. he's commanded us to do it. And and I'm going to do it. And so um, thankfully I've got a church that is so they are so supportive of me and have mm. championed me and actually hosted this leadership training for churches in our area, in our denomination. And we had 11 churches represented. Wow. I was able to, to teach 11 different women who are wanting to either start a women's ministry in their church, or they're looking for those tools, right? Yeah. And not just how to throw an event, but how to communicate. You know, what are leader qualities and how to develop them like actual leadership training. And, um, so 11 churches were representative and three of them are already implementing what they've learned, like within weeks of the training. So I'm like, you know what, 
if they're not going to give titles, okay, I'm not here. I'm not going to fight you on this right now because Jesus says to go, Jesus says to make disciples, to teach. And and I'm, I'm going to do what Jesus says. And so if you have a problem with that, take that up with him. So in my context, I'm going to do what I can do to equip and train these women to go and make disciples. And I'm like, let's do this. Like, I'm just, we don't have enough time to sit around and be concerned about our gender. When Jesus has done the restorative work, when we are all one in Christ and he has given us a single mandate to go and make disciples. And so I'm like, you can squabble and we're going to go. Yeah. (laughs) And I love that the, there's a passage, I think it's in Psalms that says that the women who bring the word are a mighty throng. And oh my gosh, I I need to, I wish I had it in front of me. I shared it in another episode, but it's like, it was so clear. It was like the women who carry the word are a mighty throng and they collect the spoils of war. And I was like, what? <laughs> I'm like, go fight women, you know, like do the thing. Um, and so, okay, so I love this. So now rewind a little bit because we went from you were searching the word for your identity and you were serving Navy wives to now you're on staff at a church teaching women. So give us the like in between. How do you even get on staff in a church that doesn't necessarily do that? <laughs> It's so fun. It's such a fun story. So I'm an army wife. My son is Navy. So oh, okay. My bad. Clarify that. My, my okay. husband will be like, I am not Navy. So, <laughs> the rivalry so, is real. <laughs> I know the rivalry is real. So um, I, I knew I wanted to serve and I knew I was called to missions, ministry, uh-huh. something. And so I was like, I need, well, what does that look like? Well, maybe it's teaching. Like I know I have the gift of teaching. So I became a teacher. I was a middle school teacher. I've always loved student, student ministry. And so wherever we were stationed, um, I taught and got involved in student ministry and served in that area. And Mm so our last, well, one of our, our duty station prior before we moved to to Tennessee, um, I got to lead the student ministry there. And Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I can see how God has used all of, all of these, all of these things in my life. Um, come here to Tennessee, I'm teaching, middle school students and writing at the same time, I've got books going on. Cause that too is a mission, right? So uh-huh. I'm like, I'm on mission in my writing, I'm on mission and wherever I'm serving, like I'm just on mission. Here's my yes, God. Right. Yeah. So I've just felt this call. It was like, do more. And, and God started showing me needs in our church, like a need for women's ministry, like a leader to like, just gather the ladies. And again, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, women, I don't know. <laughs> like, I don't know. I like students. <laughs> I like students better. I don't, I don't know. Uh, I'm not into tea parties. Right. It's, right. It, I was so, I was so wrong. Like God's like Hannah. So, and then I saw with communication, I was like, oh, social media is such a yeah. ministry. It's such a ministry yeah. tool and saw a need for help in that area. And yeah. I had training and experience because I was an author as an author, you have to market all your stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I knew how to do that. And so I put a proposal together in 2016 and just met with our pastor. We have a great relationship. I mean, he's, he's my pastor, but he's also a good friend and we can just have honest conversations. And I said, Hey, here's my proposal. These are some needs that I see in the church. And I would love for you to consider me for this. And he, he was like, this is, yes, I see this. He's like, but (laughs) we're just not in a place as a church to bring, to do this right now. And so financially I, I was like, I hear you. And so I was, went to the classroom, back to the classroom teaching. And then in 2019, I, it was like, I have to 
leave the classroom. God is calling me to do something. Um, it, there was more writing. I was feeling this call to ministry and communications and women's. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, whether or not my church never hires me, I, I have to, I have to do what God is telling me to do. Yeah. And so I put in my notice, I finished out the year and I was actually going to work with another church to write curriculum for them mm -hmm. and went back to my pastor and was like, Hey, it's been three years. I'm back. Um, I've left teaching because uh, I have to, like, God is like, yeah. you got to go girl. And just wanted to see before I take this other position, would you be like, are you all at a place? And he's like, yes, but it's part-time. Here's the pay. And I was like, you know what? Let's do it. And so I, <laughs> I mean, it was like, what else are you going to do? Say no yeah. to God. Right. Yeah. So, um, I left teaching may I finished my year. I came on staff and August of 2019, started working in communications, digitalizing everything, getting them online. And then the world shut down. Oh, and right. 2020. So we had this cushion that I was able to come in and get everything ready. So when uh, it hit, it was like, oh, wow. Like, that's so amazing. That's I'm so awesome. glad you brought me on to help navigate this time in this world that I was already swimming in, in the digital wow. world and communication. So that is how it happened. Um, wow. So on staff since 2019, and I've just celebrated my fourth year and full, wow. and, and then about a year and a half, two years in, they brought me on full time. That's so <laughs> cool. I love it. So I just want to point out two things. One, that because you were a go-getter, you proposed yourself. I did. Right? I did. Mm -hmm. A lot of times we either as women, or maybe it's even kind of low key, a little bit of pride that makes us want to sit back and wait for that invitation. Mm. And, and I, and I don't even think it's always pride. Sometimes it's religious thinking, because I know for me, I, I, for the longest didn't propose myself into situations because I was like, Oh, it's God who makes room for us. It's God who establishes it's God who lifts up and puts down. So for me to propose myself, that's trying to establish myself. I'm probably in the flesh. I shouldn't do that. So that right. was like my thought process. But at the same time, like God says, faith without works is dead. So if you're right. believing I'm going to use you, let's put some feet to that. So yeah. I just wanted to call that out. Cause I love that. But secondly, I want to call out like the, the fact that, and I've struggled with this, I'm so grateful that you're teaching women the art of communication because in all my years growing up, I very rarely saw women in the pulpit, but I even more rarely saw women communicate from the pulpit in a way that felt like I was proud of my gender. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Right. I was right. like, and there was one time a number of years ago, I got a prophetic word and I had talked to my husband about this. I was like, babe, I am so sick of women getting in the pulpit and sucking at preaching. Like, <laughs> of course they don't put us in the pulpit. We don't know what the crap we're doing, you know? And, uh, and so I got a prophetic word one time where this prophet came to me and he was like, he was like, you know what? you know what? It is time to name the baby. You are called to preach and called to preach. If it looks like a duck and it sounds like a duck, it's a duck. You are called to preach and teach the word. And then he goes, and he goes, this may sound sexist, but you're going to preach and you're going to preach as good as the men. And I was like, <laughs> God hurt me, you know? And so I just yeah. love that you're teaching women how to communicate because getting in the pulpit is only half the battle. You have to right. communicate a message that people yeah that can impact people. And you can't do that right. with bad communication skills. You can't do that. You need those communication skills. You need to know how to study God's word yeah. um, so that you, you know what you're talking about. And, and the women that I have, uh, have worked with, 
they're intimidated. Yeah. Many of them, they're like, we don't know where to start. We don't even know, you know, like, or even how to use a commentary or, yeah. so it's very much like, okay, we're enough. We're going to do this. We're going to do it together. And okay. If you're never invited to a pulpit, whatever, you're still teaching a Sunday school class. You're still teaching a Bible study or life group, or, you know, leading a devotion in a student ministry, or like you're still communicating and you need to do it well and effectively yeah. and um, with excellence. Like there, anything that we do, we want to do it with excellence, right? Because we're God's children and we're dealing yeah. with his word. Yeah. And so to treat it with, with the dignity and honor that it is worthy of, like yeah. do it right and do it well. Yeah, it's so true. And I'm reminded of a proverb, another proverb that says that he who is skilled at his work will serve before kings. He will not serve before obscure men. And I know that we as women, we we have so much vision. We have so much heart to make such a big impact. And you're right, those serving in Sunday and running yes. a small group, like that faithfulness is huge. Faithfulness yes. is so important. But yes. We also need to be skilled at our work so that we can serve before Kings. You're, if you're a poor communicator, you're not likely going to get the opportunity to have the big jobs that are going to make big impact in Mm -hmm. that, in, in, in the regard that we think of, you know, where you'd be in front of lots of people or, or reach influential people because they're going to look for someone who's skilled in his work. And Mm -hmm. so we need to do that as women as well. We need to be skilled at what we're doing, whatever your gifts are, if it's serving, serve well if it's teach, right. teach well if it's prophesying prophesy well Pro- or Paul yes. talks about that um so what would you given all of this what would you say to Hannah younger Hannah maybe 10 or 20 years ago what would you say to younger Hannah that you're like mm, I wish I would have known this but I wouldn't undo my journey but this would have been valuable hmm I I wish I would have known how to study the Bible mm-hmm. from the get-go. Like I remember going to the Bible very much like it was like when I needed help, like uh, topics, I don't know how to explain it. Like if I was having an issue, I would, I would look topically mm-hmm. at the Bible to talk about that issue. Um, and I wish someone would have said, Oh no, girlfriend, that's like eating your appetizers only, right? Like look at God's word, like a meal and you need all of it. And here's how you get into it and go to the Bible asking, what does this teach me about God? And I I wish I would have known that. Um, and, and I love the journey that I have been on, but with my younger girls that I work with, I'm like, uh, we're, you're going to learn how to study the Bible. I'm going to teach you how to do that. And I also, I also say this, I was 37 years old before I knew what Ezra Connecto meant. Um, and it rocked my world. It changed my life to know what the first, the first two words that God spoke about woman were he called us Ezra Connecto helper suitable and what those words mean mm-hmm. change my life. And I hate that I was 37 before I found out mm-hmm. and the women that I've been teaching it to, um, several of them are in their late sixties and they came to me with tears in their eyes oh. and they were like, <laughs> we waited our whole lives to hear that. Oh, I 
and it, it just, you know, and, and I, I joke with the, the guys that I work with, I work with eight pastors. Um, I'm like every woman that comes through my ministry will know what Ezra Connecto means and they will know the depth of that meaning and, and they will embrace it and live it out to be the warrior women that they were intended to be. So wow. those are the, and then one more thing I would say, yeah, I would ahead. also say, I wish I would have known that the Proverbs 31 woman was wow. not a checklist, yes. that it was, um, that it's a poem that the husband would memorize and recite to his wife to praise her. It's like an ancient, you go girl, like a shout out, like, <laughs> you know, you go girl. Uh -huh. um, and so I wish I would have known that because I, I remember just looking at Proverbs 31 and thinking it's impossible. I can't be that. And, and that's not even that it's, it's, he was praising her for the mm -hmm. things that she was already doing. Mm -hmm. And that um, this proverb could have been about Bathsheba, right? Like that there's a whole other historical thought about that. We could get into the history teacher me loves that, but those are, those are, I gave you three things and that's, yeah, that's there we good. Go. I love it. Well, and I love to the Proverbs 31 woman. I've literally told my husband before. I'm like, I hate her. I hate I, now I'm like, so I mean, it literally in, in Hebrew, I think it's like, which sounds like you're cussing and it, it means woman of valor. And so he's praising her for the things that she's already doing and yeah. within their cultural context. Yeah. And so it's essentially anytime you see a woman do something of valor of noteworthiness, it's just saying, I see you, you go girl, I praise you for the things that you're doing. And it's not some crazy checklist meant to hang over our heads. So yeah. I, it was very freeing. <laughs> that is very free. Well, and I feel too, like those qualities in Proverbs 31 woman, I think those are like from a bird's eye view of over her, like, it's not like she's doing them all every oh, day. Right. Right. Yeah, it's like helpers. So I just yeah. want to point that out. <laughs> yeah. Thank you very much. Back in that culture, it was normal to have someone that helped with the kids, helped with the food, helped with the house. Like I'm like, listen, can we do that? <laughs> right. I know my husband is from India. So he's from that side of the world. And he was yeah. like, yeah, it was normal even for poor families to have maids. And I was like, bruh, where's my maid? Get me my we're maid. Falling behind. Oh, we're falling behind <laughs> here. Anyways. Okay. So how can people connect with you? Obviously, if they want more of the meat behind the Ezer Connecto. Ezer Connecto. Oh, good. So it's probably in your book. Um, it should be, it's actually will be in my next one. I know oh, okay. um, it means helper suitable. Mm -hmm. And, um, there is an excellent course on this online by mm -hmm. Christy McClelland, and I can okay. send you the link and you yeah. can get this course. And it, she dives into the meaning of it, unpacks the word. So mm -hmm. the word Ezer means helper, but it is, um, God calls himself an Ezer. So it's oh, like wow. the first word that he calls woman is a word he calls himself. Mm. And it means it's like to rescue, aid, strengthen in a way someone else cannot do for themselves. So wow. it is not like helper, like a servant. It is like, I'm by your side, strengthening, helping, aiding you in a way you cannot do for yourself. Yeah. And Connecto is, I'm not going to let you do the things you want to do. I'm going to stand in front of you, hold you accountable, ask hard questions. And so Ezra Connecto is like side by side, face to face. Um, that is what we're meant to be. We are meant to wow. age, strengthen, rescue in a way that um, someone cannot do for themselves. And we are to hold accountable, ask hard questions 
So it, and it's not just marriage. It is in yeah. all relationships of our lives. We are wow. to be Ezra Connectos. And yeah. So Christy wow. McClellan has this course on it that it changed my life. Changed wow. my life. I wonder if it's on right now media. I don't know. That's a really great question. I um, but want to look that up. It, I'll just send it to you. It okay. is so good. That's I'll, so good. I'll send you a link. So okay. Good. Send me that link. I'll put it in the show notes. Yeah. But I'm sitting here going, oh, because I've heard of it described as lifesaver. You yeah. know, like someone who's like a lifesaver, literally saving your life. And um, one who uh, helps you by sharpening you through conflict. And I yes. was like, I was like, oh, okay. So suddenly half of my marriage behavior that I thought was bad is actually good for my husband. It's Ezra <laughs> Connecto. That's right. It's who you're meant to be in all your relationships. Ah. And it is so good. It's That's so awesome. Good. I love that. Yes. Well, on that note, okay. So tell my listeners, how can they connect with you? Maybe yeah. buy your most recent book or find yes. any of your other resources. Yeah. So they can get, in case you forget on any place where books are sold, um, you can visit me on hannahrconway.com and uh, I'm hang out mostly on Instagram. So hang out with me there. Um, I love connecting with my readers and listeners, you know, there as well. So that's, that's how you can get in touch with me. It's how you can get the book. Um, there you go. <laughs> okay. I will put those notes in the show links as well. So it's really easy for you to go find it, but Hannah, thank you so much. Maybe we'll just have to have you come on and do an expanded episode on Ezra Kinedgo and, and just Bring like what all on. that means. That yes, would be great. I would love it. It'd be so good. <laughs> okay. That'd be so good. Okay. Well, thank you so much. It was such a delight to meet you and to hear your heart and have you on and we'll do this again. Um, but you guys make sure that you go check her out. I'll drop all of her links in the show notes below. So you don't miss anything. Make sure if you're hearing this episode and it's the first time for you to tune into Java with Jen, make sure you hit subscribe on whatever platform that you are on. That way you don't miss any of the awesome episodes I have coming up. I have been meeting some incredible people recently, and I am so honestly humbled and excited that I get to meet these people so that I can bring them to you. Just, I love that. So come follow me also on Instagram. Instagram is where the party is, um, at Java with Jen. That's my handle. And otherwise share this episode with a woman friend who, you know, has a heart for ministry and wants to do what the Lord has put in her heart. Send this episode to your friend, go check out Hannah online, and we will see you guys next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's show. Listen, let's stay connected. Come follow me on Instagram at Java with Jen, where you can follow the latest and say, hey, it's a really great way to stay in touch. Many of you have also asked how you can support the show. You can make donations through the Anchor app or on Patreon, or of course, by sharing, rating, and reviewing on social media and iTunes as well. Your heartfelt feedback always reminds me why I do this. Also, don't miss our merch store where you can get super cool Java with Jen swag and coffee. Find it at javawithjenmerch.com. Until next time, remember, hearing God's voice is simple and he wants to be a part of your everyday life. See you next week.